Ministry Bits, episode 060, recorded August 20th, 2018. The 2018 MacBook Pro Review. Don't forget to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ministrybits and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ministrybits. We ask some questions there. Would love to have your input on future episodes. You can find show notes and all the links for this episode in your podcast player of choice, either on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or on Pocket Casts. If you're an Android user, you should be able to find those show notes right below the album art here. But if you don't want to do that, you can actually go to the web at chadl.co slash mbits slash 060, and you'll be able to find those show notes and the links to all the things that we're going to talk about in this episode. Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Landman, and I am here for to host for you. I'm here for you. That's I really am. I'm here for you to host the 60th episode of Ministry Bits 060. We're going to be talking about the MacBook Pro, uh, the 2018, to be specific, MacBook Pro review, the one that came out in July. But before we get to that, let's make sure that we, because no no good church service and no good podcast is good without announcements, right? Uh, we don't have any major announcements or anything like that, but just know that you can find the show notes on the website, uh, chatl.co slash mbits. If you go there, you can get an archive of all the previous episodes We've recently kind of restarted. We had an excellent um, response to our episode last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago. I'm going to try to get these out on the around the second Tuesday, or the first Tuesday and the third Tuesday of every month, and so um, be sure to look for those. So two a month up until December, and then we'll have a short December break, and then uh, we'll resume back in January. But we are happy, so much, so very happy to have you here. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any concerns, if you have any gripes or moans or complaints, um, make sure that you uh, tell somebody else about those. No, make sure that you go to our Twitter page, twitter.com slash ministry bits or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ministry bits. You can uh, leave a comment on the episodes. You can do whatever you want. We'd, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get some feedback from you. We've got over 140 likes on ministry bits on the Facebook page. And I guarantee you that at least 20% of those are bots and spam. So make sure that you go out there and fight against the spam and leave some good comments for me. Anyway, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from, from feed, some feedback onto how we're getting restarted. We've got a couple of really good episodes here planned for you. And I'm really looking forward uh, to talking about some things. I'm going to go very opposite in these next two episodes. This episode will be about the 2018 MacBook Pro because uh, several people have asked me about the new MacBook Pros and I got a really good response from a couple of things I posted uh, on Twitter about it. And so I decided to tell you a lot about it because I got one. I got a new MacBook Pro, spent the money and got, the, got a new MacBook Pro after four years. And so um, I will tell you all about it. Um, in this episode. However, in the next episode, a little teaser, uh, 14 days from now, hopefully uh, beginning of September, we're going to have an episode on the iPad. It's a, the iPad mega episode, and I'm, I'm tentatively calling it the iPad only preacher. 
And as much as I wish I was able to be an iPad only preacher, um, I'm not even a full-time preacher. I'm just the education minister. I just preach sometimes. I'm a, I'm a false preacher. No, I'm not a false preacher. Anyway, I um, would love, love, love to really get you to think about and start thinking about an iPad-only lifestyle. And if you use the iPad extensively, whether it's just in your teaching if it's just in your preaching, if you song lead with an iPad, if you uh, do graphics or any kind of pro things, do edit video with iPads, um, I want to know about it. So get in touch with me. Uh, you can email me directly, chad.landman at gmail.com. Uh, Ken, get on our Twitter, Facebook pages. Love, love, love to hear from you. Okay, announcements out of the way. Let's talk about the 2018 MacBook Pro. Now, a little a little history um, my personal history, myself, uh, when I came to Graymere almost four years ago, um, they bought me a new MacBook Pro. Now it was the, it was right before, I mean, it was literally three months before the new models came out. So of course, you know, hopefully they'll have a new model of, of MacBook Pro. Now that I waited three to four years to get a new one, they'll have a new one come out next month, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But my personal history is, is that I had a 2015 MacBook Pro. Now, this one was the one that had, it was it was only in one color. It was the silver. It was a little bit thicker, which I don't care about thickness. Apple has this thing with thinness. I just wish they'd make a little bit thicker laptop and have more ports on it. That, that's all I wish. But anyway, I will tell you about my battle with the ports here in just a little bit. I was given the, I was bought the 2015 MacBook Pro maxed out. You could only get 16 gigabytes of RAM on it. Uh, you could get a, a terabyte hard drive, but it was way, way expensive. So we ended up getting a 512 hard drive because, and I'll talk about this a little bit. Storage is so, so cheap that I would not prioritize hard drive size whatsoever. Um, you should get, now, now that remains to be seen, you shouldn't get the lowest hard drive option available. You should never go for 128 gigabytes. I don't even think you can on this model, this new model. But I would definitely go at least 512, but don't worry about it because their storage is so cheap these days. Um, extra storage, you can get a two terabyte hard drive for like $65. Um, and we'll, I'll link to that in the show notes and uh, I have some excellent recommendations for that since I work in video. But there's really no reason to stress out about hard drive storage. So anyway, long story short, I go back to, I'm kind of all over the place I know, but I had a 2015 MacBook Pro. It had an HDMI port on it, which was extremely helpful had a mini display port on it, had an SD card slot, which actually is the one thing that I miss the most after having this MacBook Pro just for a couple weeks now. It had didn't even have USB-C on it. It had regular USB ports on it. And then it had the MagSafe port on it, which we'll talk about as well. Okay. So I had a 2015 and it worked. It's still sitting right here. It still works phenomenally. Um, it's Graymere's computer, and so it will stay here with Graymere. So nobody contact me about buying my old Mac, but because it's not for sale. Um, even though I'd love to, it's just not mine to do. So we'll use that for TV production or our TV studio and things like that. But it was time for me to get a new computer, and I am on the road a lot with the digital parenting. Uh, I needed something uh, a little bit lighter. I wanted something a little bit smaller. I wanted something a little bit um, less bulky, and boy, did I get it. I really did get it. So before we get into kind of the full-blown review, I want to kind of just talk about who the MacBook Pro is for. And I will go ahead and say, 
Apple's low-end uh, laptop strategy right now is severely lacking. You know, they could they could announce um, their fall event tomorrow and come out with a whole nice consumer line of laptops, upgrade the MacBook, you know, the MacBook One, the non-MacBook Pro, the one that's super tiny and super thin and has that little chiclet keyboard and everything on it. They could update that and or make a new model of that and, and lower the price $200 and it'd be phenomenal. It'd be a phenomenal $800,000 machine and be a consumer grade and it could be the solution to all of your issues and problems. But right now they don't have that. Um, and their consumer laptop strategy is kind of lacking now. But again, all that could change here in the next 30 to 45 days. So who knows? So this podcast may be out of date in 30 days. So who knows? But the MacBook Pro is not for you if all you want to do is browse the web, check email, watch Netflix, use Microsoft Office. If that's all you use for, you, it is like buying a, a, it is like trying to kill a fly with a fire hose because you do not need that much power. You are going to overpay some. It's like buying a, a, a Dodge Charger um, to go to the mailbox in. It's just not, it's, it's not, it's way too much for what you need. And you'll end up, frankly, you'll end up wasting a lot of money. We're not even talking hundreds of dollars here. We're talking probably thousands of dollars that you'll waste. And so I know preachers, I know people, ministers, youth ministers are on tight budgets and cannot afford multi-thousand dollar, you know, laptops every, you know, three years, two years, whatever. So the MacBook Pro is not for you if you want that. I would look at the MacBook Air that's still for sale, which again, may change in 30 days. I would look at the regular MacBook. It may be a little small, but you can always use that one USB-C port on that MacBook to hook that into an external monitor, and it would be a pretty great little desktop machine get you an external keyboard and mouse and you're good to go there's dell 4k monitors out there that you can use right now that are very very good very very cheap 250 dollars for a nice 21 inch 24 inch 4k monitor so i'd definitely get one of those so the macbook pro is not for you if all you want to do is those few things okay it's also not for you if you don't have at least two thousand dollars because this computer starts at $17.99. Now, that seems extremely, extremely uh, expensive. But when you think about it, um, Apple's, Apple's products have always had that price premium on them. Apple's products have always had uh, those things, and they've been a little bit overpriced always. The phones are vastly overpriced. Um, the the um, pro obviously the accessories are vastly overpriced but uh, the computers you think about it they're actually pretty well priced for the value that they give um, and so you will probably spend your money on two windows laptops for the same one apple laptop that you've had i know people that are still using apple laptops from 2011 2010 seven eight nine years later my sister she her laptop from 2008 just went out on her and it was an apple a white apple macbook so they're very very reliable if you take care of them very reliable over the course of a long period of time and so odds are you're going to have i'm going to this is my five-year computer so hopefully this will be a five-year computer for me because i was able to max out everything except the hard drive okay so getting to the macbook pro if you uh don't do any design if you don't do any photography if you don't do any video then you really shouldn't have to worry about a pro machine so 
in that case, if you don't fall into that category, then you can just turn this podcast off, I guess, because you don't need to know about it. But if you fall into the category, like so many of our ministers and youth ministers do these days, where you every now and then you want to do some video, every now and then maybe you'll have some designs that you'll want to do, and you'll do some, obviously the other stuff, word processing, reading, web browsing, checking email, all those regular things. But if you want to do something like photography, the pro is going to be where it's at. You're going to have a snappy performance out of this pro. So a little bit of history behind the, the Apple MacBook Pro here and this current design. Okay. Apple was very forward thinking when they unveiled the new designs of the MacBook Pro back in 2016. These are the same designs that they're working with. The design, the, the outward design has mainly unchanged. Um, the main thing that people got upset about was the lack of ports. Um, they went to USB-C only. And for a lot of people, that means that you'll have to buy adapters for things. And I want to kind of speak out against that a little bit. Because as an Apple user, I've been carrying around a dongle for, for a decade or more. I've been carrying around an adapter for stuff for projectors and different things for a decade or more. And um, I've got VGA adapters to mini display port because Apple's always had the weird, you know, ports and everything. But now at least you've got the same port that will one port to rule them all, I guess. And so this is, it actually looks really, really nice. USB-C accessories are finally to the point where, you can get cables for relatively inexpensive. I would highly recommend any kind of anchor cables. And if you want to power your MacBook to have an extra power cable, I would highly recommend the Anchor PowerCore Plus cable. And I'll have that link in the show notes as well. Um, but they make some... And so it's, it's really, really convenient because anything with USB, uh, anything with USB-C on it or anything that can be adapted to USB-C... I can charge my MacBook with. I can charge it with it. I can um, plug things up with it. And it's so super clean. I would rather not have to worry about those things, but uh, there's several different things. Like, for instance, if you need to add instantly add a bunch of ports, uh, you can uh, scrape together another $50 and get you the Sateki little dock thing. It's made by a company called Sateki, and it adds USB um, a USB B on it, um, it has a USB C port, HDMI port, SD card slot, it, you name it, it has it on there. And so you could spin that and you could carry that around in your bag, just like you would carry around any other dongle, uh, before this and you'll be good to go. And the best part is, is it's just so clean. You can just, uh, plug things into it and it, you don't have to worry about which way it goes. You just plug it in and it goes And every port. You can use the power for any side that you want. In fact, the, the MacBook Pro that I got right over here in front of me that I'm actually recording on right now has four USB-C ports. That was one of the additions. Instead of just two USB-C ports on the low end, now they have four USB-C ports, which is excellent. And so I've got um, two of them open and two of them used, one for power, one for this microphone. And uh, the microphone has a regular USB-A attached to a um, adapter that I have, these little bitty tiny silver adapters that I bought. You can get them for about eight bucks and they'll adapt any USB-C to a regular USB, an old USB. It's really, really nice. Um, you can plug power into any port that you would like and it's just, it's wonderful. Uh, I kind of enjoy just having this one port to kind of have everything on here. And so the ports are not a problem, okay? Uh, the ports are not a problem. Um, 
But if you're not wanting to spend any extra money, if you're not wanting to buy any other things like dongles or anything like that, you might have a problem because it's going to be a while until USB-C gets to things like projectors and uh, stuff like that. Um, so late last month, Apple unveiled these new laptops and they released new models of the 13 and 15 inch. And if you're debating on screen size, um, you do get a sizable more amount of screen size from the 15 inch and it does start at a higher price. Um, but I would say with USB-C and as powerful as it is, uh, get you a 13 inch for portability. Um, and then plug it up to an external monitor when you're sitting at your desk and it will be a great setup for you. You can close the MacBook itself and it will go into something called clamshell mode and it will run in clamshell mode and you can run it just like it was a desktop computer. It's very nice. I've done that for years and years and years. Now I'm using the, the laptop by itself just out and open like a normal laptop for you know testing purposes and just to get a feel of the new keyboard and things like that. So the design of the 2018s are unchanged on the outside. Um, and it's the same kind of profile that we've kind of come to know the last few years. Uh, the keyboard though is different. It's, it's not vastly different, but it's different than the 2016's model keyboard. And if you've read a couple of things about, you know, in like nerd circles and things like that, you'll know that there's quite a few nerds that are frustrated with this keyboard because if you get any little speck of dust or chrome or something like that under one of the keys, then an Apple had to go replace the whole top case of the thing and it was just a big debacle and even Apple has said that it's not really affected a very small percentage of users. Um, the most thing that people don't like about the keyboard though is that how it doesn't have very much travel. It's like pounding on a just a, a desk with, with, no, with no travel on the keys. Um, that it feels more like typing on an iPad glass keyboard uh, than anything. Um, Apple put this silicone membrane in place to stop dust and debris in this model, this brand new model. And so far, I mean, I've seen quite a few crumbs on my keyboard because I eat and work all the time. Uh, probably not a good idea, but it's kept most of that stuff out. It's kept everything out. I've had to, I've, I've taken pretty good care of it and uh, I've had no problems. But there have been people that have a few problems with those. So just to keep that in mind and keep the feel of the keyboard is the big deal that people kind of keep going back to. It's not even the dust and debris problem is not really apparent necessarily to most people. But what kills them is the travel of the keyboard. I actually really like it. Um, I really like it. And I'll talk a little bit about, about that here in a little bit. Um, the 13 inch this year, it doubles the number of processing power to four cores. So where you had a core duo, uh, two core uh, processor, which basically means it's just more uh, processing power that you can get it. It doubles its processing power over one processing core. Now it has four on the 13 inch by default and six on the 15 inch, uh, which is crazy because if you do 4k video editing and, and uh, video work and Photoshop and things like that, definitely you should probably think about maybe doing the, the six, uh, the 15 inch. But even me doing all that stuff all day, every day, most days, I still said, well, 13 inches is fine for me because I don't do hardcore, hardcore stuff. And I'm not putting, uh, you know, tons and tons of content out there, especially video and audio out there every single day. Okay. So 13 inches is completely fine for me. Um, it was time for an upgrade for me. Um, again, for the past four years, I had a 2014 MacBook Pro. Um, 
It had everything I needed, an SD card slot, reliable keyboard, big SSD, processing power, RAM, anything I wanted. Um, but when you opt for the portability of the 13-inch MacBook Pro this year, you sacrifice on one thing, and that is graphics processing. Um, the graphics cards in Apple's 13-inch laptops have integrated graphics versus dedicated graphics cards on the 15-inch, which basically boils down to you will have... A little, it'll be a little bit longer for you to chew through videos and process videos. It may take a little bit longer for it to render files in Photoshop and things like that. Uh, and it may take a little bit longer for you to, uh, to, for videos to pull up like on YouTube or Facebook or, or Instagram or anything like that. Um, so when you think about it, most people will never need that power. But uh, most people can get by with a 13 inch. Uh, and I'm very confident in saying that. Um, one limitation I wasn't happy about was the amount of RAM. Now, RAM is, is pretty important. The amount of memory that you have is, is pretty important for how many applications you can run in parallel. So if I got Safari open and Ulysses open writing an article and I've got Photoshop open doing a graphic on there and I've got Final Cut Pro chewing through a video and all those other different things, uh, you can only upgrade the 16 or the 13-inch the MacBook Pro, the new ones, to 16 gigs of RAM. It still say, it stays at that point. Now, if you spring for uh, the 15-inch, you can go up to 32 gigs of RAM, and that will double your power, and that is a lot of RAM for a laptop. So if you've got the money, say go for it, if, especially if you need that processing power for stuff like Photoshop and Final Cut Pro and Adobe products and things like that. Um, the new keyboard, kind of going back to it, has been kind of very divisive, um, but I, I am a fan of the keyboard. Apple has stuck to their guns. They have not changed the design of the keyboard much. They, the silicone membrane under it says that it makes it quieter, and it actually does. But I actually really like um, typing on it. Uh, now to the thing that kind of maybe is the most, uh, a little bit crazy about this laptop when you look at it, is something called the touch bar. Now the touch bar is a LED strip. It's like a little, long little screen across the top of the keyboard that replaces the function keys. And I didn't find it useful at first. I, I, in fact, I thought, you know, when they first came out with it two years ago, I was like, well, this is just a gimmick. Well, they're just trying to just bolt on things to the, to the MacBook Pro and just make it easy. But that's not it at all. It's actually very useful when, when you download something called Better Touch Tool. And I'll have a link in the show notes for that. It lets you put a bunch of different stuff and customize the touch bar. And what you may not know is that you don't even have to download Better Touch Tool. You can actually customize the touch bar to do what you want to in certain different applications. Um, Apple's own apps, especially like Final Cut, um, use the touch bar in really creative ways. Um, and I've found it to be fairly useful in things where I don't have to, for instance, if there's a dialog box that pops up and it says yes or no when you're doing something then it'll put those responses most of the time in the touch bar so that your fingers never have to leave the keyboard. You can just go, yes, and you don't have to mouse with the trackpad and everything like that. Speaking of the trackpad, the trackpad is enormous. It's wonderful. Um, it's got very good um, error detection, meaning when I'm typing, it doesn't usually, my thumbs don't get in the way of it or anything, but it's really nice, really smooth, uh, and it is a force touch, so it does actually doesn't move. It just simulates a movement um, with these vibration motors. And it's really uh, nice. 
that being said, the screen, uh, the bezels on the outside of the screen are just a little bit thinner. Um, on the 2016 through 18 models, they introduced this design. So you're going to get a little bit less black around the screen and a little bit better size screen. Then the laptop itself is actually a little bit smaller than the 2015, 2014 version of the MacBook Pro. And one thing I noticed, not as only is it smaller and thinner, which I could care less for thinner, it is noticeably, like unbelievably noticeably lighter. Uh, and that to me, like I will have to, I have a little laptop, in case laptop bag. And sometimes I will have to unzip the bag and check and make sure the computer is actually in there because this thing is so very light. Um, I, d I said, I don't care about thinness, but if that's what Apple has to do to make these laptops this nice and light, oh boy, it, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to be able to take around with you. Uh, the portability aspect is just absolutely wonderful. Um, so that's kind of my take on the MacBook Pro. Should you buy it? Um, only if you need a replacement and only if your Mac is more than about four or five years old. Uh, or if you need a computer. Now, the next episode, I'm going to directly contradict everything I said here and tell you that you can use everything and do everything on an iPad and only an iPad. And starting price for one of those iPads that works with the Apple Pencil is $329 now. I spent 10 times that much on this computer. But I can't do full Photoshop on this computer or excuse me, on the iPad. I can't do Final Cut Pro and compositing and video and processing and batch processing of video on my iPad. You can do some of those things and you can have workarounds for those certain things. But then again, uh, you cannot do those things. So we'll get into that in the iPad discussion a little bit later. But I, just to say, I'm very, very happy with this new MacBook. Um, it, it really was a choice for me to stick with Apple in this time because um, their pro machines are kind of, uh, they, uh, they were for a while, they were lacking for a little bit. And I'm glad they came out with this update. And um, you could find a comparable Windows machine. In fact, the, some of the Windows machines are making tremendously great machines. Um, and so I'd really take a look at that. But I was really tied, the app ecosystem really has me uh, tied to Apple because there's certain applications that I use that are just not available. So for instance, I just want to do a real short list of those as we kind of end our episode today. Um, Final Cut Pro I use for video video editing. It is absolutely wonderful. It's optimized for any Mac computer, so it's going to be super fast to work with. Um, it is $300 out the door. Uh, you don't have to have any subscription prices or anything like that. It's a phenomenal piece of editing software and you get free updates and Final Cut Pro X is just unbelievably great. And so I've been using it for several years now, probably, uh, well, since coming to here here to Graymere, so three and a half years. And it is wonderful. I do a 30 minute video every week plus other videos that I do. It is wonderful. So make sure that you uh, check out Final Cut Pro if you do any kind of video, regular video editing. Otherwise, uh, iMovie is a perfectly good replacement. It's like iMovie, uh, Final Cut Junior. Uh, you don't have nearly as many features um, and it's not necessarily as easy to use, but it's going to be much simpler and it's going to accomplish what you need to do. And that's free with every Mac. 
Uh, I would definitely check out the iWork suite, your pages, numbers, and Keynote. If you get a Mac, if you get a buy a new Mac, if it's been a while since you bought a new Mac, you get those for free. Uh, otherwise, they are $10 a piece, and you don't ever, and listen to me when I say this, you don't ever have to touch Word, PowerPoint, or Excel. You, I have not even loaded those Microsoft Office onto this computer yet when somebody requests a Word document for an article or something that I'm writing. I can take pages, my pages document, export that to Word, never have to open Word. And it will, ex all those applications will export to Microsoft Office formats. They're much easier. They're much cheaper to, to or much cheaper to get. There's no subscription with them. And they're just much easier to use. I find Keynote incredibly much, much easier to use uh, than PowerPoint. And it just looks, looks better. It just looks so much better. So make sure you check those out. I use those on a daily basis. Another app I'm using for to-do lists that you can get on your iPhone, iPad uh, is Things. I use that for um, uh, to-dos and I love it. I changed, I say recently, it's been a year since I changed from thing from OmniFocus to Things, and it just works better for me, and it, I just I love it. Um, it's wonderful. We might have a full uh, review of that. I'm recording this podcast with an app called Audio Hijack. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive. I think it's fifty bucks. It is tremendously wonderful. Of course, I use the Adobe Suite for um, all of my really heavy design stuff: um, InDesign, Photoshop, Illustrator. Uh, but that's a subscription that costs quite a bit of money. Fortunately, Graymere pays for that, and they're gracious in that to let me use that um, every single year. Uh, but it's it's a pretty big chunk of change, and your church may not be able to um, uh, afford $50 a month. However, you should definitely check out Pixelmator uh, for graphics editing on the iPad, which is a one-time fee of, I think it's 40 or $50, and also Affinity Photo and Affinity Designer. Those are very, very good substitutes for Photoshop and InDesign uh, that you can use to design all sorts of stuff. And there's tons of tutorials on YouTube and other places that you can find. Those, those programs are incredible. And I'm going to talk a lot about them because they have companion iPad apps that are full on design iPad apps. They're incredible. And we'll talk about those next week. So that's just a few that I'd invite you to check out. Uh, I use Spark for email, and the actual email client, uh, just Mail, Apple Mail, is actually very good as well. Uh, for all of my writing, for everything that I do, all the notes that I take and everything that I do is going to be in uh, Ulysses. Now, Ulysses is a app that you have to uh, subscribe to, but it's relatively inexpensive. I think it's 30 bucks a year, and so it's not too uh, too terribly. I could be wrong on that number. Uh, but I sometimes use that. I know I always use that for all of my notes. It's what I've got pr pretty much every note that I have in um, in it. I use uh, to display some other cool things. I use Reflector 3 uh, to put my iPhone screen up on my laptop. So if you're showing people something on your laptop screen, like settings for these digital parenting uh, workshops that I do, uh, you check that out. I actually use Safari Technology Preview, which is the beta version of Safari that they have out. Uh, as my browser. Uh, I completely moved away from Chrome. Chrome just uh, chewed up too much battery. They, Google was watching everything that I did. Um, it just, my battery lasted half as long as it did um, running Chrome. And so I've just kind of switched everything over to Safari. And Safari's password manager uh, on iOS 12 is going to be phenomenal. Uh, you should absolutely check that out. 
Um, so if you use Safari on your laptop and on your um, phone, it's just really good password integration. And you almost, almost, I would say almost, don't need something like 1Password. Um, I use GarageBand, believe it or not, to edit my uh, podcast here, to edit any kind of audio that I have, because it's just so simple. And there's not going to be anything else that I need to do. I've thought about getting Logic. Logic is kind of the Final Cut Pro of audio editing. And I just don't need it. I only do relatively elementary audio stuff. I don't do any kind of crazy audio editing or long form edits or anything like that. So GarageBand, again, free with, with uh, Apple, with the, with iWork, with um, Affinity Photo or Affinity Designer, with Photos and with GarageBand, you could have a phenomenal workflow going. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, and then the last app that I'll mention uh, that I use is um, Tweetbot. Tweetbot is um, the Twitter client of choice. They re recently released Tweetbot 3. I think it was 20 bucks, and it is wonderful. Pay for the software. Uh, most of these places, um, if they offer great software, they ask you to pay a subscription every year. And some of them don't even ask that. They just ask you to purchase it. Buy it. Get out of this mindset. I'm going to, I got to be in my bonnet about this. Get out of this mindset of not paying for stuff. Oh, well, it's not free. I'm not going to buy it. Well, it, it, your life will be made so much easier and so much better if you have the right tools. And there are a lot of software guys out here developing these applications that cost 20, 30, $50 and they are phenomenally great. And you should definitely either at least try them out. Uh, if not, um, you should make sure make them part of your workflow so that your life would just be easier instead of trudging through stuff on these free apps that are not very good quality at all. Okay. Okay. So enough griping, enough moaning, complaining at you. Um, that's kind of a lot of information, right? That's kind of a bunch of different stuff about the MacBook Pro. Uh, of course, I'm a Mac guy. That's what I'm going to talk about. Maybe someday I'll talk about Windows laptops. Maybe someday I'll have somebody on here talking about uh, Windows laptops and what's the best Windows laptop to buy. Uh, maybe I'll have that list someday. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our re review here, uh, talking about um, the 2018 MacBook Pro. If you've got any questions for me, uh, please, please, please get in touch. I would love to talk to you and answer any questions you have if I can. And um, you can do that by getting in touch on Twitter, twitter.com slash ministrybits. Facebook.com slash Ministry Bits as well. You can message me right there on Facebook as well. Uh, and uh, you can just go to see the show notes at chadl.co slash mbits slash 060 for this particular episode. Check out the rest of my website. I've got this really cool thing on there called Reading List. And I've got a little workflow that I can hit one button on my phone or on my laptop of what I'm reading. And it'll send it to that reading list. And so you'll know kind of what I've been looking at and the articles that I've been reading across the web. Uh, some of it's pretty interesting. Some of it's kind of just uh, regular news of the day. So go ahead and check that out. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please, please, please remember, glorify God with this technology. Um, don't get so caught up in your technology that you forget about who you are and whose you are. Go out and have a blessed week. God bless you.